Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host, well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host, shall I? Do you know what, folks? Today is go for a ride day. And we were going to both ride our bicycles today, and then I looked at the thermometer, and, well, let's put it this way, I don't want to freeze my ball bearings off. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? What is National Gopher Ride Day? Does it have to be in a bike, or, like, on a bike, or can it be in your abomination of a hybrid electric vehicle? <laughs> it it can be in anything, but the poster they use, a bicycle. So I'm thinking if you want it, like, whether it's inline skates, a bike, a scooter, a motorcycle, why would you have it in late November? Like, why isn't this a summertime thing? Uh, when I say national, it's it's really American. I, I don't know who picks the dates for all these stupid things we talk about. Hallmark. But, <laughs> Mark, yeah, I'll send you a card there, she-devil. Uh, but it doesn't make sense when most of the populace uh, on this northern side of North America is, uh, you know, we're now suffering from wind chill as opposed to Humidex readings. But uh, I see you got some glasses on. I'm getting a real... Clark Kent Superman vibe here or whoever the alias of Supergirl is or is it Superwoman um usually you uh, your glasses free what's the deal with that Sheila you know, it's about 50-50% of the time that I wear my glasses, but thanks for noticing, David. The reason I don't <laughs> often wear them is because they chroma key on my background. Oh. I don't know if you can see that. So you can like see through my head. So, <laughs> sometimes it's also one of the reasons I often wear like my sh my shirts come down to here at least because some of the colors in my tattoo will chroma key and you can see literally right through my arm. So, but I have a headache coming on. And so I thought I should wear my glasses, especially since I'm co-hosting with you because for sure I will have a headache by the time I'm finished. Your headache, my sore throat, misery loves company. And speaking of haberdashery and whatnot, I am wearing my hat. That's because, Sheila, at the wonderful Rebel Live in Calgary on Saturday, I had so many people saying, you should always wear your hat. I think they're being polite. They're saying in code, we want to see less of your face. So in any event... <laughs> <laughs> the, the or hat. your hair. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of, uh, you know, uh, falling out. Uh, you know, I, I look at some rebel videos from like six years ago and I go, what happened to that hair in the front of my head? So I think I'll get used to wearing the, the hat. As you know, or you, you might know, uh, Sheila, the origin of the hat goes back to 2020, COVID. Uh, we were covering the Yahoo Nation protests outside of Queen's Park. And a CBC reporter almost ran into traffic backwards. I've never seen a woman run so fast backwards in high heels. And I, I stopped her. I said, whoa, whoa, watch out. You're going to hurt yourself. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, your hair, it's, it's blowing in the wind. It, it, it's frightening me. Remember, this was the time we couldn't go to barbers and we were looking very unkempt. And uh, I thought oh my God, I must look like Frankenstein. So I went uh, to the mall, bought a hat, so I don't frighten any more female CBC reporters, and it kind of stuck. Uh, now, granted, I know it's uh, this origin story doesn't rival Peter Parker being bit by a radioactive spider to become Spider-Man, but it'll have to do. <laughs>
You startled her with your hair almost into traffic. Um, <laughs> your hair at the time was more Bride of Frankenstein than actual Frankenstein. It was like thicken up. You had lightning bolts on the side. Yeah. Um, anyway, we what should a, get into what we're doing today. What a horrible period that was. All I can say in my defense, at least it wasn't as bad as... Uh, ex-mayor John Tory's hair, uh, who you uh, brilliantly described as taking on the look of a female field hockey coach. <laughs> yes, a female field hockey coach named Barbara. <laughs> That's what he looked like for a time. And oddly enough, that was the time that he was having an affair with a younger woman mm. and in his office. And I thought, really? really? Like, right wow. now? I John Tory would not be my cup of tea anyway, but at the time, like, look at this. Oh. At the time, this is what he looked like. Like, he was at his absolute worst. I guess some women do find power. Yeah, um, you know, great job. You know, I, I'm not so much as mad about the affair, Sheila. I'm mad about the hypocrisy, the social distancing circles, mm. the uh, $880 mm. fines, uh, the mandatory masking, social distancing, et cetera, et cetera. And meanwhile, this man was getting as close as humanly possible to a subordinate employee. And uh, we would never have known had John Tory not sent out that infamous email I can't wait to chase you around the cottage this weekend. Ah, uh, just Gross. one hitch. He <laughs> sent it to the wrong employee at City Hall. And Gross. the gig, she was up. <laughs> oh, it just gives me just like the hot, sick feeling, like before you throw up, like you're when your body gets that like clammy feeling. Whenever you mention that, that's how I feel. Just because I don't like we saw what he looked like then. Anyway, we should get into what we're... Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever sent out a communication to the wrong person? <laughs> yeah, I have. And you've told the world multiple times. <laughs> I never revealed the contents. <laughs> Thank you. It wasn't even like... What was wasn't even that bad, by the way. David makes it seem X-rated. Was not even remotely like that. I just accidentally sent it to David instead of the, its intended recipient. And that's because I was texting off my computer. So I learned a lesson. Oh, there that you day. go. Yes, it was PG if that. But anyways, uh, what are we trying to do here, Sheila, today? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> this is the Rebel News daily roundup it's hosted by a rotating cast of characters today your characters are myself and my friend david menzies yes we're still friends <laughs> even though i did make it weird there for a little bit um and we talk about the news of the day completely unscripted again i think you can tell that and uh we we offer commentary uh as we learn about the news sometimes along with you um and this is a great way for you to get involved in the show if you're watching us on youtube um you can leave a comment there but if you want to maybe support the work that we do completely willingly might i suggest you move over to a platform where we are not completely demonetized thanks to censorship like rumble or Odyssey, where you can leave a paid chat. And uh, if your paid chat is over the $5 US minimum, we are obligating ourselves to read it on air. But don't let that be the bar for participation. If you leave a comment that's uh, and a chat that's lower than that, quite frequently, we read those on air. There's just no guarantee. And sometimes we read some free chats on air too. So 
moral of the story, get involved, get commenting, and who knows, you might just see yourself on air. I think that's it, David. Uh, let's get into uh, just a couple of stories we have on Israel today. Um, Israel has announced a ceasefire and hostage exchange. I don't want to say exchange because uh, Israel doesn't hold hostages. The other side does. So it's a hostage release deal wherein to get, um, I think it's 50 innocent Israelis, they have to trade for 150 Palestinian criminals. Well, that's the good news, uh, Sheila. The ratio of what an Israeli life is worth versus a Palestinian life, it's gone down to uh, a two to one. Uh, count. I say that because if we go back some 15 years ago, uh, Galad Shalat, the IDF soldier, um, was kidnapped, held hostage for almost five and a half years. And the deal then was one Israeli, uh, Mr. Shalat, for 1,027 Palestinian prisoners, many of them really bad hombres, uh, terrorists, in fact. So the ratio then was one Israel life is worth 1,027 Palestinian lives. Now it's just uh, two for the price of one. Um, so I'm wondering how uh, Israel got off so lightly this time uh, in terms of the, uh, the ratio, Sheila. Any thoughts about that? I have some thoughts. I think when those hostages are returned, the horrors that they are going to tell will uh, <clears throat> will uh, change the dynamic, I think. Mm. Um, wherein, you know, now it's 150 Palestinian criminals for 50 Israelis who will have experienced some imaginable evil. Um, at the hands of their Hamas captors. Uh, and I, I think uh, even Hamas knows they can't they can't get away with the uh, public relations war they seem to be winning right now. You know, um, I hope you're wrong about that, Sheila. I'm glad you mentioned public relations, PR, because if there's one thing that Hamas and their allies are very, very Look good at. Look at these children. It's all children. Yeah. It's all children and their mothers. This is Awful. And, and elderly innocent people, children, I but, Trading but, innocent children for Palestinian criminals. But in regard to PR, I would like to think that the hostages, uh, not for any kind of act of altruism on the behalf of Hamas, but just for the PR value of the hostages being released and saying, you know what, uh, we weren't harmed. We were given three square meals a day. Uh, they were actually quite polite to us. Uh, that would be a huge PR victory, assuming it's true. Um, it, a hostage doesn't really count for much if you abuse and torture that hostage to the point of uh, he or she is going to die or is dead because your bargaining chip is over and done with. So I'm hoping they have been cared nicely. Like I said, not because Hamas <laughs> has any kind of maternal instinct, but because they don't want the bad PR getting out that um, these hostages were abused. Um, they want to show the world, you know, how nice they are. You know, go back to uh, Machine Gun Earring Gal. Remember how she was uh, rewriting history saying the uh, the terrorists back on October 7th, 
Um, well, they were invited in uh, for a meal and somebody was given a banana even by an Israeli. I mean, it, it's so ludicrous. But um, I could see a agenda in which they want this kind of thing to come true, i.e. We're, we're a kinder, gentler terrorist. I think we all saw images of very recently raped women mm. bleeding from below the waist, stuffed into vehicles and taken captive in Gaza. So if we, I, I think some of their stories might be tempered by the fact that there are still 190 other hostages still in Gaza that might temper some of the stories that we're hearing that they don't want to jeopardize yep. uh, the lives of those remaining hostages by telling the absolute horrors that they faced. But I think we all know what happened to those women and children when they were taken. No, a hundred percent, Sheila. And like I said, I'm just hoping that what I'm, you know, theorizing is true. I wouldn't bet on it. And by the way, speaking of betting, I'm not going to believe this until I actually see the hostages released. Yeah, I know. I mean, the idea of Hamas being liars or bargaining in bad faith. Uh, why would murderers, torturers, kidnappers, rapists ever tell a fib? Uh, but let's see these hostages released. Let's see what condition they're in. And of course, the quid pro quo, I believe, uh, Sheila, it's what, a four-day ceasefire a four-day ceasefire yeah it's the uh, brokered by qatar it sounds like so oh yeah how did they get in that position they're aiding and abetting hamas i mean this is just that's how they got in that position <laughs> yeah what am i what am i saying you know how foolish of me um yeah so let's see what happens and then i i'm just curious um, how the end game plays out in terms of getting the other hostages released, uh, despite world of um, pressure from, I call them the two eyes, the ignorant and the indoctrinated, uh, to get Israel to declare an all-out ceasefire and, you know, just go back to, uh, to uh, have the troops go back to Israel. We know that's not going to happen. We know how important uh, human life is to Israel. And um, so this is really just, um, I, I guess, a, a brief four-day intermission in which, of course, Hamas will use that time to fuel up, get food, probably get some more rockets, what have you. Um, don't be under the illusion that this is all going to be about humanitarian aid uh, going to hospitals, Sheila. Uh, frankly, I'm worried that these are the only remaining hostages alive. Oh, I never thought of that. Uh, yeah, uh, that's my concern is why would you just broker for 50 um, unless that's maybe all of them? Well, I mean, time will tell, but people we thought were taken hostage turned up dead after the fact. So I don't know. Uh, this is I mean, I'm happy that 50 Israeli children and women are going home, uh, many of them with no home to go to. Because of the destruction of Hamas, they're returning to the places where their fathers and brothers were murdered. Um, and that's got to be difficult. I'm glad they are going to be free. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm dreading to hear what they've gone through. And I am not optimistic that there are many of them left. 
Wow. I never thought of that, Sheila. Uh, it's a great point you make. Uh, indeed, time will tell. And, um, you know, where, you know, with what the, the suffering these innocent Israeli civilians and those from other nations, I might add, suffered, you never see that coming up with the pro-Hamas demonstrators um, who are on a weekly, sometimes daily basis all over North America and Europe, um, you know, doing their demonstrations, uh, saying the most vile and insidious things and um, trespassing on private property. Uh, and that leads to the next video I think we should get to. No, let, before we move on, I'm going to put the team on the spot just for a quick okay. second, because I want to talk about something. It's from the Leader Post. I'm going to send this uh, to, it'll be in the chat, guys, um, for the live stream. Do we have any footage, right, before we bring up this Leader Post article, do we have some footage of the demonstration that took place in the Saskatchewan legislature. I know we showed it the other day, but mm. there are more developments. And I just want to point out how insidious one of the women accused of organizing it truly is. Um, do you want to show that if we have it, guys? <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot like that. You know, uh, Olivia needs a little more time. Maybe in the meantime, okay. Sheila. What if we throw Let's, to something similar, a a blackface $1,700 per plate fundraiser being crashed yeah. and uh, blockaded by the um, anti-Israel pro-Hamas types? And, you know, we're, I'm going to run that and I'm going to run another video from December of 2021. Oh, do I remember it well, Sheila? And it just will contrast how... Um, Blackface's Royal Canadian Mounted Henchmen, how they deal with different types of people in terms of one gets the kid glove treatment and the other, well, you get your head smashed into a fence. So why don't we run what happened the other night at um, Blackface's fundraiser? Cease fire now! 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 Cease fire now. 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 On private property, this is a uh, invitation-only event, and I assume that guy who went up to the woman who went up onto the stage, I assume he's RCMP. I'm not sure for certain, but did you see? He, like, sort of gently puts his hand uh, on her arm, uh, probably saying, uh, "Come on, dear, let let's go, please. Uh, this is not yeah. the time or place." Um, I want to get your thoughts on what happened, and then we'll throw to that. Uh, December 2021 clip that puts that reaction by RCMP in uh, great contrast. Yeah, if these were Freedom Convoy protesters, they'd be clubbed like baby seals. <laughs> <laughs> like they would be. Um, there would be mass arrests. There would be pepper spray deployed clubs, maybe even riot guns. And yet uh these people just get sort of like come along come along 
Thank you for being frisky here. Come along, yeah. completely <clears throat> calm. Um, it's fascinating to see how the two protests are being covered. One entirely peaceful um, about people who want to be left alone versus uh, people who are apologists for some of the worst terror we've seen since 9-11. Yeah. And look at the video, Sheila, as you're speaking, you know, they're so gentle. They're sort of just, you know, like um, a sheepdog herding the sheep uh, into the uh, the kennel. But uh, no, you're quite right. And uh, but tell me, um, are you saying, Sheila, there's going to be no arrests? There's going to be nobody doing time in solitary confinement. There's going to be no bank accounts days frozen. In jail. Yeah. You know, no 50 days in jail. Uh, They're blocking critical infrastructure. That'll get you 50 days in jail if you're Pastor Art, Mm. who didn't even block critical infrastructure. He just got charged under that law. Uh, There are still protesters, I think, from Windsor who are facing mischief, uh, protesters from Coots that are still facing mischief charges. Uh, People spend some serious time in jail um, for doing far less than what we're seeing. And they had their bank accounts frozen using a a portion of the Emergencies Act that focuses on the financiers of terrorist movements. Yeah. Uh, There is credible, credible information that says that Iran, the world's state sponsor of terror, is behind a lot of these anti-Israel agitations we are seeing across the world. Oh, I totally believe that, Sheila. I mean, they and, fund Hamas and Hezbollah, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, of course, they would fund the useful idiots of campus yeah. who uh, support this sort of stuff. But we won't know unless they they use FinTrack to investigate it. But apparently they only use FinTrack to deal with farmers who bought a cup of coffee for a trucker as he rolled through town on the way to Ottawa. <clears throat> yeah, and I will never, for the life of me, Sheila forget that look on the face of Fraulein Freeland when she was announcing the freezing of bank accounts. She oh, was when she was doing this the oh, whole time and could, having a little cackle. Could yeah. barely contain her excitement going after honest law-abiding Canadians donating, uh, not even demonstrating, simply donating over $50 to a GoFundMe uh, account and uh, bringing about a uh, trying to bring about a financial death sentence that was absolutely despicable. Now I referred to, of course, um, what happened in um, 2021 in December, and um, I'm speaking of uh, yours truly, folks. Uh, I went down to a Toronto restaurant, and to put it in context, and by the way, this uh, story was Sheila's idea, <laughs> um, but okay. it was. At the time, we're in the heart of COVID lockdowns, and Blackface was telling Canadians um, from coast to coast to coast, um, don't get together for Christmas this year. Don't be a super spreader event. Uh, it, you know, it's safety, for you know, first you understand. And meanwhile, this lying SOB had a fundraiser, I think the date was December 8th or 9th, in downtown Toronto, where literally um, the... Uh, people who are paying, uh, once again, $1,700 a plate were being jammed into a restaurant along with um, mainstream media trained seals to cover all this altruism. And we knew we wouldn't get um, Trudeau to give us an interview, but we, we, I, we knew we'd probably get a chance for one question. You know, why the double standard? Why, why do Canadians have to give up 
Christmas get-togethers, but you can have fundraisers where far more people are attending. And we expected he was going to do one of two things, um, because he always does that when queried by a rebel news reporter, uh, either ignore us and, you know, march into the venue or smile and give that goofy wave. Um, but no, something different happened this time. Uh, maybe a lot of you have seen this, but contrast what you're about to see. And keep in mind, I'm not trespassing. I'm standing on a sidewalk. The prime minister and his henchmen know who I am. I have my rebel news mic flash out. And like I said, folks, contrast what happens to me in that scenario compared to uh, those pro-Hamas thugs that crashed that fundraiser the other day. Uh, check it out. Get off, get, what are you doing? Get, what are you get off me. Hey, I can... Hey, this is assault. Move. I'm on a side. What is this? I'm on a sidewalk. I am on a side. What is this? You cannot touch me. No rushing work. Hey. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? I call you. What is this? You can't. Am I under arrest? Am I under arrest? Okay. Am I under arrest? I guess that's because good, otherwise you have no right. Yeah. So, you know, Sheila, by the way, none of them had name tags or badges on. I had no idea they were even RCMP officers. Um, a couple of days later, lo and behold, you know, I used to brag during COVID, uh, despite carrying around a, a few extra pounds, despite being diabetic, um, I've never been healthier, um, you know, and I'm going to all these so-called super spreader places like airports and old folks' homes and hospitals. Well, my winning streak came to an end as a result of that smackdown. Uh, I got COVID and boy, did I ever get it. Um, you were uh, kind enough, Sheila, to send me some mainstream media news reports while I was uh, spending more than six weeks recovering that, lo and behold, half of Blackface's security detail was COVID positive. Can you imagine that? Yet more hypocrisy. I'll never forget. I guess those masks didn't work. I guess not. They're all masked up. <laughs> but they, they, they uh, you know, they gave me those germs. Uh, I could barely walk during most of those six weeks, uh, Sheila. Um, it was absolutely horrific. Uh, by the way, we are in the process of suing those thugs, uh, folks. Um, if you can imagine, despite the video evidence, they're going um, hellbent uh, in their defense. But, you know, Sheila, I, I, this is what you see in banana republics. I know we yeah. don't grow bananas in Canada, so let's call our dominion, a maple syrup republic, where, you know, annoying media types on public ground um, have the you-know-what kicked out of them by uh, the dictator's uh, security entourage. To see this happen in Canada, and also to see almost zero, there was one or two people in the mainstream media that said this is wrong, but to see almost no solidarity of the media brotherhood and sisterhood saying this is across the line. In fact, you had some like uh, David Aiken cheering this on. Um, it is so dark and disgusting. And my one last point, I want to get your opinion. I have no doubt that Blackface himself orchestrated this. I have it hard to believe that the RCMP on their own ac accord 
during an assignment would suddenly run over to me and, uh, you know, physically assault me like that. I think Blackface saw me. Sure. He knew damn well who I was. He knew I'm no risk to him. And he probably said, you know what, boys? Give them the works. And boy, did they ever. Yeah, I think most cops would probably just be like, it's just here to ask questions. Like, you were not a security threat. Uh, I don't think they would have done that without direction from somebody, yep. uh, be it Trudeau or one of his uh, press handlers um, on the scene there. I, I, I suppose, though, we're going to find out in disclosure. Um, but yeah, I mean, completely a different how the pro-Hamas protesters get treated versus, well, basically anybody else in this country. Um, I want to show a clip from the Saskatchewan legislature Yes. From just the other day. Um, we talked about it the other day, but there are more developments. And I'm inclined to believe the new developments just based on the places where the accuser is saying them. Um, and I'll point that out. So let's show this. It's over 100 uh, anti-Israel protesters disrupted the Saskatchewan legislature for over half an hour, causing the evacuation of MLAs from the legislature. They were there to call on the Scott Moe government for some reason to join calls for a ceasefire um, because Netanyahu is definitely like, oh my goodness, Scott Moe, Scott <laughs> Moe has, has condemned me with his barely a million people in an entire province. Um, yes, oh yes, no, now for sure we need a ceasefire. Like this how self-important yeah. these people are, but anyways. And, and by the way, Sheila, after uh, um, Netanyahu says that, he then says to his assistant, can you give me a map and show me where Saskatchewan is? <laughs> Do you know what? Most of these people protesting against Israel couldn't find it on a map either. So, I mean, they're not cartographers, uh, <laughs> as the saying goes. Um, but here's the new insinuations here. And I don't think they're insinuations. I think there's some truth to it. And I'll tell you why. So. Uh, let's go to this leader post article. So this was not organic. I want to tell you that there's no possible way this was organic. A hundred people just showed up at the legislature mm -hmm. to storm uh, the to storm the building, January sixth insurrection style, and cause an evacuation of the MLAs. The House leader of the Saskatchewan Party accuses an NDP MLA of orchestrating the Gaza protest at the legislature. Um. So it shut down proceedings. Saskatoon University MLA Jennifer Bowes was at the center of allegations from House Leader Jeremy Harrison and Premier Scott Moe, both inside and outside the House. That is relevant. Um, so the opposition leader, NDP opposition leader, Carla Beck, opened with questions on women's rights and recent sexual solicitation charges laid against an MLA. Um, and she's prattling on about violence against women. Um, but uh, this was all sort of disrupted by these um, protests. And outside the House, Scott Moe reiterated that the government believes at least one member of the NDP caucus shared details on social media about the gathering, which he proves 
which he claims proves his allegations of organizing. Hmm. Um, so Jennifer Bowes, uh, the reason I say pay attention because they're saying this outside of the house is that if he said it inside the house, he's covered by parliamentary privilege. He can't get sued, but he's saying it outside, which leads me to believe that the Saskatchewan party, both the premier and the house leader have pretty good evidence that car or sorry, not Carla Beck. She's the NDP leader, but Jennifer Bowes, the MLA, was instrumental in organizing this demonstration, this January 6th style insurrection. Um, now, let's clip over to uh, Jennifer Bowes just for uh, just for reference, and I'll show you why I think this is all so revolting from this woman, if she is indeed involved and i would tend to lean towards her being involved and i think also the unions are deeply involved in organizing this too jennifer bose is the ndp mla for saskatoon university socialist of course but uh she's the official opposition critic on the status of women human rights advanced education and public service commission this is the status of women critic taking the side of the rape apologists of Israeli women. That's the most revolting part in all of this. If she is indeed involved, and I lean towards her being involved, just based on where the SAS party MLAs are making this accusation, knowing they are not protected from libel and defamation, if they say it outside the house, um, she is the women's rights advocate taking the side of the rapists right now. Oh, I thought we might have uh, audio to go with that video, Sheila. Uh, you're right. So on the hierarchy of offenses, I guess the I would imagine she probably self-identifies as a feminist. And much like when it comes to transgender rights, i.e. trans women are real women and um, crippling real women in the process, um, she feels that Hamas's case is so solid against Israel that a woman can be raped, tortured, kidnapped, and killed. Uh, it's not misogyny. Yep. It's just making a political statement, I guess. It's unbelievable. Believe all women, except Israeli ones. That's the new feminist mantra. Yep. Uh, Me Too does not include Jews, too. Uh, that's that's the state of modern feminism today. I know we're way over time. We've yes. got like 23 minutes <laughs> left in the show. Let's hit an ad break and then go into uh, the tax hikes portion of the show if you don't mind thanks david menzies for rebel news here in downtown toronto and i gotta tell you folks next march march 23rd to 30th to be precise we are going on a caribbean cruise can you imagine that and a lot of your favorite rebels will be there such as Sheila Gunn-Reeds, we got Alexa Lavoie, the big boss man himself, of course, he'll be there, Ezra Levant, and how about this, how about this for the cherry on the Sunday? Tamara Leach, Canada's number one freedom fighter, she'll be on that boat too. And look at the itinerary, we're gonna be going to Half Moon Cay in the Bahamas, and then we're gonna jazz it up in Oco Rios, Jamaica, and then there's Georgetown in the Cayman Islands, and finally Cozumel, Mexico, can you imagine that? If you want more details in terms of getting aboard the ship, go to rebelnewscruise.com. That's rebelnewscruise.com. All the details are there, the departure dates, the costs. And you know what? This is not just a fun-filled getaway. 
this is a way in which Rebel News raises some revenue. Unlike the mainstream media, we don't receive a nickel of government funding, nor would we take it if ever offered. So it's win-win. Enjoy yourself in the Caribbean and Mexico, and also support your favorite online news channel. So that's rebelnewscruise.com. I hope to see you aboard. Ship ahoy, Sheila. I can hardly wait. <laughs> so uh, you, <laughs> go ahead. Oh, um, go. now you mentioned uh, tax hikes. And, uh, well, look at this. Look who's in the news. It's my very own uh, MP. That would be Leah Taylor-Roy of the Liberals. And she's upset with farmers. Why would you get upset with farmers? Don't they, you know, grow things so that the rest of us can Oh, I don't know, stay alive. But let's see what uh, Ms. Taylor Roy has to say about the farming community. Point of privilege. Um, thank you. It was very similar. I just want to say now you're telling, first it was bullying online and pointing out the women members of the independent Senate group when there are also many male members of that independent Senate group. Uh, that you, you and, and there's been threats made to these women. And now you have a march descending yeah. on the Senate to tell them to do something? What happened to our government? What happened to procedure and law and order and respect for members of the Senate and of the House of Commons? This, this is like some kind of a, a, a tin pot dictatorship or something. Like you, you don't like what's happening, yeah, no so we, put, we bring out the crowds. Sounds like the convoy again. Okay, thank Wow, I'm so disappointed, Sheila. Uh, as I said, she is my MP. And, you know, I believe in being the umpire behind home plate. And a couple of years ago, I went to one of her community events, uh, you know, to sit down, have coffee with her. And she, her newsletter was all about going green and EV vehicles and whatnot. And I, I went there just to see what kind of vehicle she would drive up to the event in. And, uh, hey, Credit where credit is due. She had a green-plated Audi. I guess it was a, a plug-in hybrid. So she was practicing what she preaches. Unlike Blackface himself, mind you, with that total fossil fuel uh, eight-cylinder um, motorcade that he goes around with. But now, um, well, I guess she let the veil drop. And uh, she's comparing farmers protesting to the demonstration held by the Freedom Convoy. Uh you know, Miss uh, Taylor Roy, you're on the wrong side of history here. The Freedom Convoy was a 100% peaceful protest. You wouldn't know that, of course, if there was no such thing as independent media, including rebel news in this country. Um, for you to continue to demonize and vilify uh, the Freedom Convoy, uh, you've once again lost your cred, at least in uh, my book. Jeez, Sheila, when is that election going to come? And by the way, do you feel my pain? I live in the riding of Aurora, Oak Ridges, Richmond Hill, not Richmond Hill riding. That is uh, the riding of uh, Majid Jihadi Johari, um, the pro-Iranian uh, MP. But I say, do you feel my pain? Because the conservative member used to be a liberal. That would be Leona Alislav, who in 2018 crossed the floor. Was it because of a, an ethical dispute with their government? No, it was because this is a swing riding, and her internal polling showed uh, it was going to swing back conservative, uh, which it did. And um, 
Yeah. And then, oh, and by the way, uh, talk about uh, hoisted on your own petard in 2021. It swung back, swung back, I should say, liberal. So she outsmarted herself. So uh, I guess, you know, that, that that's a supplementary question. How am I supposed to vote in uh, 20 whatever when the next federal election is given I have a liberal or a uh, phony liberal pretending to be a conservative? But uh, with the meat of the matter here, um, getting upset about the farmers. What do you make of that, Sheila? You live in farm country. I'm an actual farmer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> in case anybody's wondering why I have such an interest in this, I'm an actual farmer. I grow food. Um, maybe we can show this terrifying protest that this absolute crazy lady lost her marbles over. Um you can see just how intimidating this is to her, that she needs to go against free association, the right to peacefully protest in the public square like these people. This is it. No way. This, this is what she's losing her marbles at committee over. No farmers, no food. Yeah, like David Wells from Newfoundland and Labrador, and I'm a sponsor of C-234 in the Senate. Uh, we've still got a fight ahead of us. We've had a fight behind us as well, but so far we've been successful in bringing the voices of our farmers, our growers, and our ranchers. We don't even need to hear what this senator is saying, but that is the level of intimidation, apparently, for your MP to lose her mind. Between you and Ezra, whose MP is Yara Sachs, I think you guys should battle it out for who has the dumbest MP. Like I look at mine, mine is Garnet Jenis, conservative MP, and he is so sharp on the Arrive scam stuff. Uh, he live streams it every day. He uh, dressed his kids as if <laughs> arrive can for Halloween. The pictures are absolutely adorable, but super cheeky. I just think the liberals are not sending us their best, but she's like, who are these people showing up at the Senate and demanding the Senate do something? I don't know. Maybe they should work. I mean, they make a lot of money and they should work for Canadians. And how dare Canadians turn up at the Senate and say, like, what are you guys doing over here? That offended her. Uh, the absolute sense of entitlement from this woman that all the decisions of the government should just be mutually agreed upon by all parties, that there should be no opposition done by the opposition to the things that are making life more expensive. Like, who the hell does she think she is? She's like, we're not governed by a, a monarch or some sort of theocracy where we worship at the feet of Justin Trudeau. This is a parliamentary democracy, and we have a right to hold our politicians to account and turn up places and show them what we think of them. Sheila, I have to admit, I'm a little gobsmacked. I've only read the story. I never saw the video. I had no idea that uh, the protest, it, it looks like you could um, uh, fit all the participants into a couple of minivans. Uh, and there are more senators there than farmers. Yeah. Like, and, and they they're weren't just holding signs, signs you see on bumper stickers, no farmers, no food. And they weren't occupying Wellington Street, which is right in front of the House of Commons. Oh, by the way. Even if um, they were, I don't care. I hope they do occupy Wellington Street oh, with their no, tractors. I hope she, they do. Sheila, have you been there lately? Um, I mean, it's almost two years ago since this was wrapped up. Uh, Wellington Street is still being occupied by concrete cinder blocks 
um, that's the government's doing. So you can make life miserable for the businesses in downtown Ottawa by still sealing it off from an invisible boogeyman, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but a couple, of, a few uh, peace-loving uh, protesters uh, go literally in the national town square and uh, protest and she gets so animated, so upset, and compares it to the Freedom Convoy. That, that That's not even a percent of a percent of a percent of what happened during the Freedom Convoy. She's crazy. No, but I, I do hope us farmers Freedom Convoy this woman. She'll have to be forcibly medicated. They'll have to put medicine in the water in Ottawa so that the hysterics like your MP can sleep at night. How dare those dirty citizens show up and tell us to do our jobs? Like, get a handle on yourself, lady. Uh, speaking of ladies who do have a handle on themselves, let's talk about my premier, Danielle Smith. Yes. <laughs> uh, she, uh, there's this excellent video of her uh, questioning Stephen Gilbo. Um, the and criminal. talking about the cost of the, well, and you know what? Stephen Gilbo's nemesis is clearly Danielle Smith. She led the charge in overturning Bill C-69. Every time she steps up to a podium, she's like, how am I going to throw sand in his face today? And she does in the most eloquent of ways, in the most common sense of ways, as Albertan women tend to speak. Um, and it just makes me so happy to see. It's something far more to the point than anything we ever saw from Jason Kenney and his strongly worded letters that ended up in a trash can because they used words of greater than two syllables, like watermelon, which would have confused Justin Trudeau and disoriented him. So into the trash can they go. So anyways, let's see this clip from Danielle Smith. The Alberta government has been very clear about how far are you willing to go? What is it about with the feds that they just don't seem to either get it or they don't care and they're just proceeding on with what they want to proceed on? I'm shocked by it, quite frankly. I mean, imagine a province getting a, a constitutional judgment against them and saying, yeah, whatever, we're just going to keep on doing what we're doing anyway. That's what the feds are telling us. It's outrageous, really. And so we're we're continuing to press the matter. We've told them we are simply not going to implement their targets of 2035. We continue to hope that they're going to align with us around 2050. I can only imagine that... Uh, You've got, um, for some reason, they believe that Stephen Guibault should be setting the entire policy for the government. I, I, in the face of everything showing them that these reckless policies are causing their support to erode. Everybody knows that the reason why their grocery bills are going up, the reason why it costs uh, a lot of money to fuel up with gas and diesel, the reason why it's going to cost money in home heating this winter is because of their carbon tax, because of their reckless policies. So it's a very easy point for us to make. If you think things are bad now, they're going to be five times worse. You know, and right. we, we, she's absolutely right, Premier Smith. I think she's doing a great job, Sheila. And we have to contrast that with, it's another big story. I mean, there's just so much on our plate, but the... Um, uh, the economic false statement that was laid down yesterday and shockers in every tangible sense of the word from economic growth, national debt, affordability, the size of the civil service. Um, it was an absolute failure. And the blackface liberals could have done something 
to address affordability. That is, and this was right in Daniel Smith's wheelhouse, of course, ax the carbon tax or at least suspend it. And they won't. They're just too concerned about climate change virtue signaling. So um, another dark day for Canada. And the idea that, you know, the likes of Fraulein Freeland and um, what's his name? Mr. Champagne. Uh, he of three names. Why don't we just call him Bubbles? Although that would kind of be offensive to one of the characters with Trailer Park Boys. Them doing fist pumps with this disaster of a false statement. Um these are going to be two very long years ahead for Canadian Sheila if we have to wait until October 2025 for regime change. Well, and you're not going to hear much about just how bad it is, um, except from some prickly mainstream media journalists who are going against the grain, like Rick Bell. That's the person who asked that question to mm. Premier Smith. The man is a provincial treasure. We must protect him at all costs. Um, he's one of the few mainstream media journalists who's working hard to tell the other side of the story. I can't imagine that it's easy for him inside that newsroom. Um, but you're not going to hear much about it. Why? Because Justin Trudeau has just upped the media bailout. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> And it, and extended it. So not just increased it by 116%, but he's extended it. So it was supposed to end in March of this year, or sorry, March of 2024. But lo and behold, that ends too soon because we need to take it through the next election, which would be 2025, because Justin Trudeau needs his attack dogs in the mainstream media to go after the opposition instead of holding... Uh, the government to account on behalf of the people they plan to hold the people to account on behalf of the government and the opposition to account on behalf of the government and so they've extended and more than doubled it um so now the bailout will end or at least go back down in 2027 yeah and that works out to almost thirty thousand dollars per employee at um as it's called, government-approved newsrooms. And, uh, you know, Blackface must be really gnashing his teeth over this because all his um, social media censorship bills, this was all designed in part um, to uh, wrangle money out of the likes of uh, Facebook and Google and whatnot. Uh, didn't work out that way. So he's still stuck in this quicksand of his own making, of uh, paying the journalists and uh, no one's saying no, Sheila. I mean, I know, well, independent media such as Rebel yeah. News, we would never take a dime from this government, even if offered, uh, a.k.a. if hell froze over. Um, but that's the situation he's in. So I wonder how taxpayers feel about um, another $595 million or uh, $29,750 uh, per employee per year at government-sanctioned uh, trained SEAL media outlets. Uh, I think this is outrageous. And it's kind of funny how, um, you know, the the media have no ethical dilemma accepting this money. Um, I think it's been said that I think of all the Rebel News employees, uh, I'm the only one that actually went uh, to journalism school for three years uh, back in the early 80s. But I can tell you, folks, uh, my professors back then, left, right, center, you name it, the idea of being paid to do journalism by, especially by a, a government? Are you kidding? 
they, they must, I, I think many have passed away. They're rolling in their uh, tombs right now. Uh, this is absolutely outrageous. I don't know how it can be justified, but here we are, Sheila. Yeah, you know what? We're going to see members of the mainstream media polishing those liberal turds like their jobs <laughs> depend on it uh, because they literally do. They literally do. Without this bailout, there will be massive cuts and uh, they deserve it. Um, and the more money Justin Trudeau dumps on the failing media, the more the media continues to fail because nobody can trust them. And so you know, it's just, that's a great it's point. like watching a toilet flush. It's just circling the drain, circling the drain, circling the drain. It's not going to get better. There will be no market correction they so rightly deserve because Justin Trudeau is using your money to prevent it. You, you know, you're, you're absolutely right, Sheila. It's, it's a great point. I mean, um, despite this money, this is the scary thing. Um Look at, was it Bell Media just a couple of months ago? Was it about 1,500 layoffs? I'm just going by memory, so don't quote me. I can tell you um, the uh, Torstar just pulled the plug on most of their community newspapers, including the one in um, uh, my neck of the woods, the so aptly named Richmond Hill Liberal. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> and um, so regardless of all this taxpayer-funded corporate welfare going into newsrooms and studios, they're still failing in a big way. Um, let's touch on news that broke just before we came on air. Yes. We're rapidly running out of time and we have some chats to read and people have been very generous, but we must talk about this. I can't stay too long either because I've got meetings and some things to finish up before I go into those meetings. But what the heck is going at the going on at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls? Well, I'm glad you asked, Sheila, because our main man in the production room, uh, Efren, he's already down there. Uh, he's reporting. I, I love this. He, he, he uh, did a message uh, on scene, live tweeting with videos, lots of police. But the casinos are still open. <laughs> As always, during COVID, they were open, too. That's they closed right. the churches, left the casinos open. Um so it sounds like the FBI has issued a statement, the FBI in Buffalo. The F, uh, FBI Buffalo field office is investigating a vehicle explosion at the Rainbow Bridge between the U.S. and Canada and Niagara Falls. The FBI is coordinating with our local, state, and federal law enforcement partners in this investigation. As this situation is very fluid, that's all we can say at this time. I wonder what the heck is going on there. I mean, cars just don't explode. Well, some of those EVs under certain conditions, uh, those right. batteries okay. can be, <laughs> you know. The Nissan Leaf did come with a fire extinguisher for a reason, yeah. No, that's true. I mean, uh, yes, uh, it's not uncommon for, a, oh, look at that video. That's quite the the fireball, Sheila. Um, yeah, you know, and the, I'm seeing reports, sorry, before we go on, they've closed the other crossings in the area. Um, hmm. So... Uh, I just see Mark Pollen cars uh, says uh, all uh, was it was W New York. So West New York, help me or Windsor, New York bridge crossings, West New York. I, I don't know. Anyways, oh, no, be I'm, Western I'm New learning York. this. Yeah. Western New York bridge yeah. crossings between the U S and Canada have been closed due to the incident at Niagara Falls. So, well, you know, if it is terrorism, two things. One, what a colossal fail. I would imagine you, uh, unless they were, uh, you know, the border guards intervened, you would want to set off a car bomb if that's what that was. 
uh, actually on the bridge and not before you get onto the bridge. Unless your intent was to hurt border guards. Yeah, which, um, you know, but I, I would imagine for uh, maximum economic carnage, you would want to try to take out the bridge. Um, the second thing is, Sheila, it could, really, if this is a terrorist attack, should it come as a surprise? How many millions of people have come across the southern U.S. border we don't know who they are. We don't know in many cases where they are, what their agenda is. I mean, I would think if I was the head of a terrorist organization, it would be irresponsible not to send jihadis over the border in this, uh, you know, free for all, this Wild West, uh, which is the southern border, not the northern border, mind you. That's still locked down and secure. Gee, I wonder why. But um, I think. There are definitely in the U.S., as we speak, terrorist cells. I think the level of security in the United States is lower in 2023 than it was pre-9-11. And maybe this is um, one of the first examples. Uh, again, it's just conjecture uh, on my behalf. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if in the future there are more terrorism acts against Oh, what is the U.S.'s uh, nickname in the Middle East? Oh, yes, the Great Satan. Right, and Israel is the Little Satan. Yeah. Um, where do we where people. do we fall in there? Are we like a medium Satan? I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Justin Trudeau is one of the dumber demons in whatever circle of hell I'm living through right now. We're irrelevant. In charge. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got uh, one update from Governor Kathy Hochul. You know, if this is terrorism, I'm sorry about your luck, New York, to have such an inept governor in charge. Yep. Um, she says, at my direction, New York police is actively New York State police is actively working with the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force to monitor all points of entry to New York. I'm traveling mm -hmm. to Buffalo to meet with law enforcement and emergency responders and will update New Yorkers when more information becomes available. So now we've got the terrorism task force involved. But again, according to Efren, for all you folks gambling away the milk money, the casinos are still open. <laughs> Sounds like uh, I, I hear from Dave, um, one of our web team, that Fox News is reporting that at least one person is injured right now. So wow. that is developing. Well, um, I, I don't have much more to say on that until we see some more facts uh, of the matter. Um, but um, yeah. It's, it's either a terrible accident or it is an act of terrorism. Uh, I don't know if there's any other explanation for this, um, but we'll, we'll continue to monitor that um, event. And our thanks go out to Efren. As soon as we heard about this, he was on He's the QEW. He just left. Yep. Yeah, he just left. And so it sounds like the vehicle was coming from the United States into Canada. Yes. That's what I saw there. So um, I don't think we should speculate until more facts are on the table. I mean, if we were CBC, we would say that definitely Russia did this. <laughs> I think that's that's their go to when they're on the air is just it was probably Russia. Um, but uh, we're going to wait to see what shakes out of the trees so that uh, we're not just speculating about what's happening there. But um, Terrorism Joint Task Force is involved mm. and one injured, according to Fox News. And, you know, Sheila, uh, if we have time, um, one thing I'm champing at the bit to get to is uh, we saw in the federal budget um, 
plants that are going to build batteries for EVs. Right. It's going to be more than $40 billion of an investment. Do you know um, 40 plus billion is more than the entire Canadian automotive sector for what it's worth? Yes. And and those plants build, oh, you know, not just a, a car with a battery, but it's got four wheels. Let's so, yeah, the whole thing, the whole enchilada. And Things people um, want to own that work in our climate. Yeah, they do that. Yeah. And they do a darn good job at it. I mean, uh, you know, I don't know how many people know this, but the only Lexus plant that is not based in Japan is right here in Ontario. And I've had a tour of that plant and uh, it is so clean, Sheila, you could literally eat off the floor. The level of robotics is unbelievable. But here's the other shoe to drop with the this EV investment, which I don't think is going to pay off in the years to come, Sheila. We are finding out uh, and again, I go back to uh, Mr. Champagne, a.k.a. Bubbles. He mentioned that there'll be a few jobs um, outsourced uh, to um, foreign laborers. A few jobs is actually 1,700 jobs for the Windsor uh, Stellantis LG plant. Uh, Stellantis is the parent company of Chrysler. I I know, don't ask me how I know this, but Stellantis, it, it almost sounds like a an, an erectile uh, a malfunction uh, pill. But anyways, uh, Chrysler and LG are getting together and out of the 2,500 jobs um, at that plant, 1,700 are going to be presumably South Korean. Uh, I, Sheila, I think this is an absolute outrage. Um, it is being funded with our tax dollars to give, you know, uh, and nothing against South Koreans, but I'm sorry, these are good, high-paying jobs. Uh, the Canadians I, are qualified to do. Canadians are qualified to do them, and they are, uh, they're blaming Harper. Like, it's, like, Harper. Justin Trudeau, yeah, they say, did you see that Harper-era trade agreement? You know, it's like that um, uh, <clears throat> meme where I think, what is it, Pawn Stars, where it's like, the best I can do is to blame Harper. That's like <laughs> CBC right now. Um, they're eligible to work in Canada under a 2015 uh, free trade agreement negotiated and implemented by Stephen Harper's former conservative government. Okay, but who's letting them in right now? Justin Trudeau. Harper, yep. he's still their boogeyman, right? Like, it's just so stupid. We've got a quick update before we go to the chats. Sure. Um, Niagara Falls. Uh, the Niagara Gazette is saying that two occupants of the car that exploded was killed in the, so the two people in the car hmm. have died. Um, it exploded after it sped the wrong way into an inspection booth at the Rainbow Bridge. Well, um, I'm doubly suspicious now, Sheila, that this was a terrorist attack. Not only does the car blow up, but it was driving the wrong way. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. Uh, it It is suspicious. As we know, the Joint Terrorism Task Force people are involved. I'd hate to speculate um, about why a car blew up, speeding the wrong way into an expen inspection booth. Yeah. Uh, I think we should just wait for more facts to come out. I mean, the facts are coming out even in the five minutes we've been talking about it. First, it was one person 
that was injured. Now we've got two people killed. First, it was the uh, local police involved, then the New York State Police and the FBI, FBI were involved, and now we've got the joint terrorism people involved. So things are developing very, very fast. Well, if it was an act of terrorism, let's hope it was only the two terrorists that perished in that blast exactly. and no innocent civilian or, or no border guard just doing his or her job. And Sheila, you mentioned we have some chats. We do indeed. Okay, so we've got one from Annalisa, 1964. She uh, is the unofficial uh, president of the David Menzies fan club uh, membership of, I think, possibly just the one. Um, and she says... <laughs> yeah, not even Lady Menzoid is joining that club. <laughs> no, uh, and I shouldn't be making fun of the woman for her taste in men. I mean, there's no accounting for taste. And she's super generous and super nice to us. Wow. And I, I, Annalisa, I tease, I tease. I don't see what you see. Um, but I, you know what, you're the nicest, I think one of the nicest people who put up with our nonsense every single week. And she gives us 50 bucks and says, Hey, my two faves, Sheila, just letting you know, Oh, see this lady, <laughs> read it. <laughs> Sheila, just letting you know that I'm framing a picture of Menzies in his cat outfit. It's a cat leotard. Like don't let don't let cat outfit <laughs> color what you think David Menzies wore as a cat. It was a leotard meant for a woman. Uh, oh, it, and was? it was low cut. Oh, for sure, and low cut <laughs> your cat outfit. What's a woman? Exactly. <laughs> what is a cat? Well, Annalisa, I really appreciate that. I beg of you, can you find a more flattering photo? I mean. What Annalisa is referring to, folks, is that six years ago, we did a caper where I went to the Canadian cat show as a cat. I decided that just identifying as the other gender, that's passe. Uh, it never ran until this year uh, because it was considered too goofy. And uh, lo and behold, we came across a, um, an alleged sex offender, uh, Cody Dentremont, who go also goes by the name of Desiree Anderson, who got into the Windsor Women's Shelter and, uh, oh, shockers, within days was charged with sexual assault of a, uh, of a real woman. And uh, now he is identifying as a cat. So uh, there I am. I'm oh my carrying my cage. To the, see, we couldn't get in the, the front end. The tan get me. <laughs> the, the, like, farmer's tan gets me, too. Oh, believe me, folks, inside I was dying that day. Uh, but... Um, we decided that, you know what, our only sin in filming that back in uh, 2017 was that we were simply six years ahead of the curve, as Cody Dentremont uh, proves. So there you go. That's me and Transcat. Please don't frame it. <laughs> she says she's gonna and uh she's putting it on her nightstand oh, oh my no. sweet menzikin oh please i scare easy <laughs> oh i scare easy <laughs> annalisa thanks for being such a good sport um, and thank you for the as donation as i tease you and you terrorize me back <laughs> with your chats uh we've got a chat from da mom gives us five bucks david is like a dog with a bone or a human with a juicy text. Yeah. I, sometimes I don't always watch the show until after, but I will hear from my friends who do watch the show. Like, 
What did you say to David? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Quit talking about it. Well, you've sworn me to secrecy. I always keep my vows, Sheila. But let's say this. If ever there's an HR issue here at Rebel News, I've got hand. <laughs> Uh oh, Sheila Gunn Reed's got that look in her eyes. <laughs> See, I knew my headache would get worse as the show went on. Um, so, so uh, Laja 10 gives us 20 bucks. Oh, that's awful generous, too. Uh, Menzies definitely, or this is for David, Blackface definitely sent his thugs to rough you up. Menzies, you're a hero. Sheila, great work. Always dynamic duo. Oh, that's oh, nice. Thank you so much. And yeah, I, I, again, Sheila, I cannot imagine those police officers acting in an independent fashion. Uh, let's go um, basically break the law. Um, give a beat down to a journalist on a public sidewalk uh, just practicing his craft. This was orchestrated, I think, uh, by blackface. But we'll never know for sure unless we have a whistleblower within his security detail. Yep. Uh, well, I don't know. We might find out in disclosure. Um, we've got another ten dollars. Well, that's awful generous too. Uh, from JCMN eighty four gives us ten bucks. Thank you, Rebel Drea Humphrey, for covering the judicial review with Justice Koval on now regarding unvaccinated healthcare workers still terminated in British Columbia. Yeah, she uh, just very recently did a video on that too, so she's been covering that as closely as possible. Um, I, I just can't believe that BC still punishing healthcare workers who in the end were obviously right. A hundred percent. And thank you for your generosity. JCMN 84. Was it? Yeah. Yes. These, you know, these Enigma code names are so hard to remember. I know. <laughs> I know, but you don't want to use your real name because Justin Trudeau will have you fired. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, <laughs> we've got another update from Dave. Uh, one border guard injured, two people in the car dead. Fox is now reporting that it, it was an attempted terrorist attack and there were a lot of explosion, explosives in the vehicle at the time. So again, more news is trickling out. And I think that's it. I think we're all caught up. Did I miss any chats, Olivia? We are good. We are clear. Thank cool. you very much, Olivia. Well, folks, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, especially uh, those amongst you who gave us a donation. Greatly appreciated. Uh, as you saw in the budget, uh, we don't get any of that, um, you know, slush fund for uh, train seal journalists that Blackface doled out yet again. Uh, we depend on you and you come through for us all the time. So thank you. Um, and thank you, of course, to my co-host. I hope her headache gets better. No thanks to me, of course. The <laughs> Daily Roundup will be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. In the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. We talked uh, at length about the situation in Gaza this morning on our G20 summit. Um, the reality is this a humanitarian pause is what Canada and others have been calling for for weeks now. It is going to allow for uh, hostages to finally 
uh, be liberated. It's going to allow for significant amounts of humanitarian aid to get into uh, the civilians and the innocent people in Gaza who desperately need it. Uh, and it's going to allow for protecting of civilian life, including hopefully getting even more Canadians and, and foreign nationals out bit of progress, but we have to redouble our efforts now to get towards a uh, lasting peace.